Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Today I would like to teach you about how to start fresh in the new year. And I believe that all of you have some kind of anticipation of what's going to happen in year 2009. We finished year 2008. And many of us have set the goal to see something happen in year 2008. And those goals may not be met or fulfilled. And you feel like you are a failure. Or some of you may expect something to happen, but... It did not happen. Or some of you may be disappointed about something in year 2008. Some of you may be upset that your 401k, the amount of money has dropped significantly, 30%. Some of your saving is gone. Some of you may have lost jobs or maybe the deal that you want to get in your business you didn't get because of the economy. So many things happen. We all face disappointments, setbacks, failures, and we should not give up. We should continue to start afresh again this year. You may try the best you can in your job, but you still lose your job. Maybe you have relationship problem with your spouse, and you try every single way. You pray and you try to work it out. You try to make your marriage strong. But the relationship has not improved, despite your effort. You may make mistake. Maybe in year 2008 you make some moral mistakes. You blew it some way somehow. You sin against God. I want to encourage you that don't give up, and don't just throwing a towel and say, you know, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I cannot make it. No, you can start afresh this year. And you can move on with victory. We all face losses and defeats in our life. God wants us to start afresh. God wants us to move on to the next victory, and we should not quit. We should not give up. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. God say, "The Lord say, 'Forget about what has happened before. Do not think about the past.'" Instead, look at the new thing I am going to do. God encourage all of us: forget the past, forget about the failure of the past. It is over. You cannot change the past anymore. Let's look at the future. What God want to do in you and through you, because if you keep looking at the past, you will not have enough energy and time. To do good things and great things and victorious things for the future, because you still get trapped in the past. It's interesting. A lot of people look at God as a person who always fixating or focusing on your past mistake and try to blame you and condemn you. That is not the God that I serve and worship. I believe my God and your God. It's not the kind of God that keep looking at the past, but our God is more interested 
in the future than he is in the past. I have made so many mistakes in my life since I was young. I have made so many mistakes in my ministry in this church. I made so many mistakes with my wife. I offended her. I make her cry and unhappy. But God doesn't want me to look at those mistakes anymore. God said, forget about it and move on to do the right thing. Forget about your past. Forget about the former things. But look at the new things that God wants to do in your life. Amen. So today we will learn a couple principles of how to start fresh, how to move on with life and forget about the past. And we will continue on Sunday, the second part. So those who come on Sunday, they will miss this part, but they can get on the podcast and listen on the CD. But I want to tell you a couple of things tonight about how to start fresh and move on to the next victory. The first thing I want to talk about is stop making excuses. If you want to have victory for the future, you need to stop making excuses. You need to stop blaming other people. You need to stop using rationalization or having a victim mentality that, oh, my problem because somebody else do it to me. I'm just a victim of my circumstances. Other people can hurt you. Other people can harm you. But other people cannot ruin you or destroy you if you don't allow them or give them permission. The problem is that we allow other people to ruin us or destroy us when they hurt us by having the wrong kind of response or reaction. So the first thing we need to do is to stop blaming them, stop giving excuses, stop thinking that I'm a victim. Don't allow them to ruin your life. We make the choice. Life is about choices. Is that right? So if we make the right choice, we will have victory. And one of the things that we need to do in making choice is to accept our responsibility of our failure. In year 2008, in year 2007, we may have some failure in family, in finances, in the ministry, in relationship. Instead of blaming other people, we should accept responsibility that part of the failure is mine, my problem. And if you can accept that, I believe you can go further. But if you keep blaming other people, you keep pointing finger, passing the buck, and put on the blame on other people, blaming the government, blaming the parents, blaming the church, blaming the pastor, blaming your spouse, blaming your kids, you will never go forward. You're going to stay in the same place again and still stay in the failure. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, I will read from Living Bible. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. If you admit your mistakes, you have another chance. So we have to be honest. And we need to admit that many, many failures in our life have some aspect of our responsibility. Don't shift the blame. And today I want to talk about three big mistakes that we make in our life that we should not blame other people. These three things are common mistakes that everyone is doing and cause everyone to fail. 
The first mistake that we should admit: number one, we don't plan ahead. A lot of time we fail because we never plan ahead of time. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12, a sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. If we don't plan for life, we will fail. We need to plan. Let me ask this question: Was it raining while Noah was building the ark? Was it raining? There was no rain. There was no heavy rain when Noah was building the ark. How many people know how many years that Noah was building the ark? 120 years. Noah was building the ark for 120 years before the rain came. So he was planning. He was doing something, planning for his salvation of the family for 120 years to save the family from the flood. Noah was planning something, and that's why he was successful to save his three sons and his wife and also three daughter-in-law. Jesus said one time that a man started to build a tower, but he never finished it because he never planned ahead how much money he has to build that tower. He never planned, so he failed. So Jesus warned us that if we don't want to fail, we need to plan. If you don't plan, you are planning to fail. So one of the reasons that we fail because we never plan in our life. Amen? We need to plan all the time for future. So do you plan for year 2009 yet? What are you going to do with your family? What do you plan for your relationship with your spouse, with your kids? What are you going to do with your kids? I plan that next year I will have more regular family altar with my family. We're going to pray together. We study the Bible together. I plan many things for next year. I plan about the CD ministry. I plan about my mission trip. Plan for North Seattle group that we're going to have a church up there. We plan so many things in order to succeed next year. Amen? Everyone say planning. The second reason that we fail, that we should admit our mistake, is that we don't listen to other people. We fail because we don't listen. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, in New King James Version, the Bible says, Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. In another version, the Bible says, Plans fail without good advice. If we don't listen to other people, we may fail. Why don't we listen to other people? Why? Because we think that we can figure it all out ourselves. We think that we know better than God. How many people heard the word ego before? E-G-O. The word ego in my vocabulary comes from the word etching God out. Pushing God out. I know how to handle myself. I know everything. I don't need any advice. I don't need to listen to anybody. God, you don't need to tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. If you go on that ego trip, you're going to go to the road of destruction. Amen? 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15:25, "The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but He will establish the boundary of the widow." God said that the proud will be destroyed. If you don't listen to other people, you are in trouble. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. God hates prideful attitude. So be careful. We need to be humble all the days of our life and listen to other people. Amen? I promise God that I will always listen to the voice and to the idea of the members of the church. You can tell me what you think. You can voice your feeling and your concern in this church anytime to me. And I will go home and pray about it. And if I notice that you are right and I'm wrong, I'm happy to change. That's why I listened to Matt last Sunday. That young man from university talked to me, should we have this service? I listened to him. Then I make a phone call right away. You see, we need to listen to one another. I listen to my wife a lot. When my wife warned me something, I will sit down and think about it and pray about it. I faced a very difficult decision regarding the ministry. My heart was beating. I really have a hard time hearing this problem in the ministry. I turned to Da right away and talked to her and say, Da, what do you think? How should I handle this? She says, slow down, don't get mad. Because if you are handling this issue when you are angry, you're going to make mistakes. So I pull myself backward and slow down and pray and think and ask God, how should I handle this problem in the ministry? Then I call Jane and ask Jane to help me think, help me think. We need people, idea, and advice because you can make mistakes by yourself. You need to learn how to listen to other people. Amen? If you don't listen to other people, you are setting yourself up for failures. Always be open to listen to other people's advice. Amen? And then you will succeed. Always be humble. God loves the humble. God will support the humble. Amen? That's number two. The second reason that we fail, because we are too prideful. We don't listen to anybody. Number three. The third reason that we fail, because we give up too soon. We give up too soon. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. If you give up, when trouble comes, it shows that you are weak. This is one of the greatest reasons for failure. Success and victory are at the corner, almost there, and you give up, and you don't see the victory. Don't give up. Failure never become a failure if you don't give up. Amen? If you keep going, don't quit, you will never fail. The reason you fail is because you give up too soon. God is going to give you victory if you never give up. A general lost his battle two-thirds of the time in his battle. But eventually, he brought the American Revolution and he won the final battle. His name is George Washington. He lost two-thirds of the time. Another man lost many, many elections that he ran for. He lost again and again and again for the president election. But eventually, he won one time. After he lost many times, his name is Abraham Lincoln. He never gave up. 
another man named Edison. He tried 200 kinds of elements in order to produce light bulb, but he failed 200 times. But the last time, he had victory. He was able to build light bulb because he never gave up. If we don't give up in life, we will have victory. So from now on, year 2009, no matter what happened to you, don't give up. Don't lose energy. Just keep going. Keep asking God. Failure is not the final thing. Failure is just a stepping stone to find a new way to do it. If you fail this way, you find another way to do it. Amen. If you run a care group and your care group doesn't grow, don't give up. Keep running. Keep doing. Find a new way. Keep changing. Finding God's way and I believe that you're going to have victory. If you are doing something and you don't see the success yet, don't give up. Keep asking God. Keep getting new direction from God and God's going to show you what to do. You learn the lesson by not giving up. Amen. We're going to talk more about failure on Sunday. That's the first principle. We need to admit our mistake. Amen. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming other people. Examine yourself and look at mistake inside and start to correct those mistakes and you're going to win eventually in year 2009. The second thing that we need to do to start fresh and have victory in your life, not only stop making excuses. Number two, we need to take stock of our own life. Maybe in year 2008, or in the past year, you lost money in the stock market. Instead of throwing a towel and say, you know, my life is in trouble right now. This year is going to be a tough year. It's a bummer. I'm not going to go anywhere. Instead of doing that, you sit down and start to evaluate how much money you have left. What you're going to do with it. Maybe you have a problem with your spouse in year 2008. You cannot get along. Instead of just give up, you sit down and take stock and evaluate the relationship with your spouse in the past year. What's going on? Kind of evaluate the whole situation. Sit down and spend time looking at the situation, looking at the options, looking at your talents, looking at what are my connections. Maybe you lost your job in year 2008. But in year 2009, you sit down and start to look at your connections, your talents. Amen? Look into your life. Take stock of your experiences. You may have lost a lot in year 2008. But one thing you have not lost and you have gained, we call experiences. You experience something that you did not have the year before. You never waste your experience. You may fail in your business last year. But that failure teach you something that you have more experience of not failing next year. I do this all the time in my surgical treatment. Sometimes I have problems with my patients because they have complication. And I learn from that complication. And I will not do it again next time. I learn from experiences. I always tell my patient, you know, Mr. So-and-so, today 
I'm the best neurosurgeon I have ever been in my life. And I will say the same thing tomorrow. I'm the best neurosurgeon compared to myself throughout my life. Because today, I have more experience than the past 20 years. For example, I told my patient all the time, I could get into your cervical spine within three minutes. How quick I can do. Because I have cut on about 5,000 necks already. So I can into your neck. I don't need to think. I have so much experience. I can open somebody's skull and look at the brain within 15 minutes. How fast I am. Because I have so much experience. I know everything how to do it fast and safe. But I have made some mistakes in the past. But I learned from those experiences. Amen? Experiences are good for you. And God never wants you to waste any experience in your life. Then you sit down and look at those experiences. Maybe they are painful experiences. Maybe they are relational experiences. I make mistakes with my wife a lot. I didn't learn and I don't want to do again. What should I do in my home that make her upset? So I learned the lesson. So when I come home, this is not the way I should do. I don't do it because I will make her upset. You see, I learned from experience how to relate to my wife. I learned the experience how to relate to my patients too. Oh, I tell you, I, when patients walk in, I know what to say and what not to say. What I say is going to turn them away from me and what I should say to keep them with me. All these experiences come by making some mistake in the past and you learn it. You sit down and evaluate your condition. You have vocational experiences, educational experiences, spiritual experiences, painful experiences, financial experiences. You have all these experiences for yourself. And God say, beginning of this year, Sit down, pray to God, ask God this question. God, what have you taught me about this situation in this experience? What have I learned from this story? What should I do next time? Maybe God wants to teach you some lesson from that experience. And if you just ignore it and throw it away, you never grow. You never progress. You will never move on to the next level and you cannot have victory. You need to evaluate. Maybe you have experience of relationship. Being a pastor for many years, I and Pastor Da have a lot of experiences of being a pastor of a local church now. Oh, in the past, I remember, I will, this is just sharing with you. When people walk into the church, I will just go after those people and say, can you stay with us? You know, I beg them. I try to kiss that cheek, kiss that feet to stay in the church. And now I don't do that anymore. Because I have learned from experience that no matter what I do, if God doesn't call them to be here, they will not be here anyway. I just waste my time. In other words, I'm living in the fear of man. I'm afraid that man is going to leave this church. So I don't want to live in the fear of man anymore. I learned the experience that I make mistakes. So I evaluate how I become a better pastor of a local church. Amen. And I learned also from experiences that, oh, after I faced some issue last year, I learned that who are my real friends, who I can depend on, who I can put my trust in. When I need help, when I need accountability partners to pray with me, or who I can call upon for help, if I need a team 
who I can trust to help me. I learned that experience from those experiences that what kind of people will be my friend and what kind of people I should not waste my time to spend time with. I have only 24 hours a day. I cannot spend time with everybody. I need to choose friend. I need to choose to associate with people who love me and they understand me because I am limited in my time. You see, all this year I make a lot of mistakes, but I learn from all those experiences that God has taught me. But I want to warn you something about experiences, and I will end this sermon. One thing about experiences, you need to be careful, okay? It's good to have experiences, and it's good to learn from those experiences and ask God, what do I learn? What are you teaching me from these experiences? But at the same time, you need to understand that God created us to have a, we call a referral system, personal referral system, or in other words, our brain can contain a database of experiences. From the day you were young, you grow up from five years old, you begin to remember things in your life, which beach you go with your dad, what restaurant you eat food with your dad, what kind of toy your dad or your mom bought for you, uh, what happened in the high school, in the college year. You gather all this database in your life. What you see, what you learn, what you hear, all this database come in, and you gather all of them up to be your experiences. After you gather all of them, after that, whatever comes into your life, for example, you read a book, or you see something, or you hear something, when the information comes in, what do you do? This is a normal human reaction. When the information comes in, you filter that information through your experiences. And then you will reject it or accept it. If that information goes against your experience, you reject it right away. You say, no, this is wrong. You understand what I'm talking about? i give you an example. One time, I went to a church. Because in my experience, is that the church is one-hour service and have sing three songs, preaching 15 minutes. And everyone stand up, shake one another hand, salute, and everyone go home. That's my original Christianity experience in my life. That's the first experience of Christianity. So I gathered that in and I said, that is the church. But one day in 1996, I went to a meeting. And in that meeting, it lasts four hours. And people lay hands, and people fall down, and people laugh, and people shake. And I look at that. My first reaction, I reject. I say, no, this is not Christianity. This is something wrong because my experience tell me that that is not the church. When I got on the airplane back home that day, I said, God, I'm confused here. They are Christian too. They claim to be Christian. They preach Christ. But why people fall down? Why people shake? Why people laugh? Why people have meeting for four hours? When I got on the airplane, I discussed with God. God who is right and who is wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. But my experience told me that they are wrong. And God said, don't throw baby with the bath water. You may misunderstand something, but that is another experience you need to understand that is in the Bible. So God began to teach me that. Many experiences that I have in my life are faulty, are wrong. I receive wrong information. 
and I thought that it's right. I give you example. When I was young, as a young boy, seven years old, my dad always said to me, "You're gonna fail." Bummer, you're gonna fail, because I make mistake all the time. And my dad, my dad will curse me. You fail. So I grow up with the feeling, I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna fail. Is that the right information? No. Some of us replay the movie of our life when we were 10 years old, when our dad and mom yell at us at the playground out of the top of the head. They just say something like curse you, and you get that movie into your life, and you think. Oh, I'm a bad guy. I have bad experiences. I remember when I was about seven or eight years old, I live in a house and the next door is a big building. And the window, I could hear from inside. And I heard the husband and wife yell at each other and throw glasses and iron, throw iron to each other. And I heard, oh, oh, and they yell at each other and they threaten each other to divorce. And then... A few months later, I saw my dad and my mom fighting each other, yelling at each other, and hit each other in front of my eyes. My experience is that family life, married life, is bad. I don't want that. I don't want to get married. I don't want to be involved in any relationship. That's how I grew up, and I gathered that faulty experiences. And after that day, everything come to me about family. I was very skeptical. But thank God. God said that you need to really challenge certain faulty experiences in your life and don't accept it. There are two things that can cause your experiences to be wrong standard of your life. The first thing is we call misconception and misunderstanding. For example, you may walk into the church and maybe that day I was too tired and I didn't smile at you. And you right away perceive that this pastor is not nice to you. That is the misunderstanding. You see what I mean? Because you have wrong understanding and misconception. You perceive in a wrong way. Then you have bad experience, which is not true, but it's faulty. The second thing is that your experience might not be biblical. So what do you do? You need to use the word of God as a standard. To touch and filter your experiences. Always look at the Bible. If your experiences are not biblical, you cut it off and don't use that. And instead of using that to be your standard of moving on to year 2009, you should learn that, okay, that is not good. I'm not going to do it. That experience is faulty, is wrong. I'm going to follow the biblical way. Amen. So be careful, even though you have so many experiences, but certain experiences are bad, are evil, or are faulty. Those experiences are a lesson to you not to do it. But use the Bible as a standard for your judgment, what you need to do in your life. Take stock of your life. Take stock of your experiences. Sit down and think what you're going to do. With the thing left in your life, the money left in your life, the friend that have left. I remember in year 2004, when we left an organization or denomination, I lost 90% of my friend in the ministry. I have only a few left. I have to really sit and think, 
Who? What I gonna do with with this now? I've lost many friends. It's a very painful experience to me, but I learned something after that experience. God showed me that, Mom, I want to teach you a lesson. Relationship in the church is not based on the name of the organization, but it's based on the spiritual relationship in Christ Jesus. Since then, I never want to have any relationship with people on the basis of the name of the church anymore, because I have bad experience that people talk to you because they're in the same church. But after that, if they're not in the same church, they don't talk to you anymore. That's bad experience. So I don't do that anymore. I told all the churches that we planted that we are not going to use the same name because I don't want the name to be our line of connection. I want Jesus to be the line of connection, not the church name, but Jesus only, that we're going to have relationship. Like we have relationship with the worship work ministry in Austin, Texas. They use a different name, but our relationship is based on love and on Jesus Christ, not on the name of the church. Amen? So two things we learned tonight. Number one, stop making excuses. Number two, take stock of your life, looking at the experience, looking at what you have left, and from there, you're going to move on to the next step, and you're going to have victory and start your life fresh again in the coming year. We learn three more things this Sunday. Amen? So don't miss Sunday so that you can learn the rest of the story. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. You teach us how to do things, how to start life again. Thank you, Lord, that you warn us not to give up, not to, Lord, Go on with life without planning and not to be prideful, but we should listen to people, Father. We thank you, Father, that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. And we can do all things through you who strengthen us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that victory has been bought for us on the cross. And we're going to walk in the victory. The year to come, Father, year 2009, we will see greater victory in this church, in our personal life, in our marriage, in our education, our study, Father, in any aspect of our life, Father. Help your people to be humble. Stop blaming people, but examining themselves, evaluating that situation, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Before I end this teaching, I would like to ask everyone who listened to this teaching, whether in the podcast or in the CD or in this room, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you never received Christ into your life, I want to tell you that Christ loved you so much. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He came into the world to die for man's sin. And He wants to give you abundant life. He wants to welcome you into the kingdom of God. What you need to do is to turn away from your sin, have faith in Him that He died for your sin, pay for your penalty of sin that you don't need to pay in hell. 
but invite him to come into your life then you can have a new life I did that many years ago and I never regret it I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart 27 years ago Christ loved you I want to encourage you to be born again to start fresh today to start life with Jesus Christ have relationship with God and you will see that God is real to you and he will lead you and he will help you if you want to do that I like to pray with you just follow my prayer how many people want to go to heaven how many people want to have relationship with Christ follow Jesus pray with me father in heaven today I make a decision to follow you. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son Jesus Christ to die for my sin, to pay the penalty of my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. Show me your way, Lord. I want to know you more. Give me a new heart and a new spirit. Forgive me of my sin. I follow you from today on. Give me a new start, a fresh start. From today on, I will walk into the newness of life. I will never be the same. I will serve you. And proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations! Why don't we give hand to those who accepted Jesus Christ? We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 